Welcome back to my podcast, Steve with Sully Study. Um, I've got my next guest in front of me, Mr. Hitman, James Hawley. Welcome aboard the podcast, mate. And I'm really looking forward to the to this particular episode. Um, it's no secret with my audience and everybody that knows me, I'm very, very passionate about business. And I'm certainly very, very passionate about sports in general, keeping fit, um, but specifically boxing, because I believe that the boxer's mindset, a fighter's mindset, is, is definitely there's some crossover between boxing and the mindset and business and the mindset. In, in business, it's never always going to be plain sailing. You're never always going to be making money or progressing or growing. Sometimes, like recessions, lockdowns and this COVID scenario, you're on the back foot. And what boxing's taught me is even if you're on the back foot, if you stay composed and, and take your time, eventually the tide will change and then you can start pressing forward again. And um, like I'm a father now. I'm 36 years of age. I've got two, two, two boys and my, my oldest is just over three. And I'm, I'm always saying to my missus, I want to get him into boxing. Not necessarily to fight. It, that would be his choice. But to learn it for that mindset and that discipline. And also sales, because I believe in life, um, if, you, if you can communicate right, if you can sell, if you can promote your service, your system, and, and you as an individual, you go really, really far. So that's why I love interviewing boxers, because you have to do both. You're, you're, you're a boxer, which clearly means that you need to be fit, strong, everything else. But I think in today's modern world, 2022, you need to sell yourself. You need to sell yourself for your fights. You need to sell yourself for your promoters, endorsements, etc. So um, anyway, long introduction. Welcome on board, mate. Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, and no, I 100% agree with what you say. Like you said, in boxing, it's similar to business. You have ups, you have, have downs. For example, with myself, um, I fucking, I had problems. Um, I had an operation, obviously, not long ago, which uh, put me back a bit. I was um, on track for fighting for a title. And uh, disheartened me a bit because my next fight was meant to be a title fight. Obviously, it wasn't announced because um, myself, I can't announce anything until the promoters announce it. But I was meant to fight for a southern area. So it, um, it disheartened me a lot. Um, and obviously, we had all lockdown, everything going on. It puts fighters back massively. Um, myself, obviously, I'm back now. I'm looking forward to being back un under the lights on March the 4th. Um, what happened with me, though, is... Um, when I did have the operation, obviously I was just thinking about my fight I could have had. For, I thought, wow, I could be Southern Area champion now, blah, blah, blah. Myself, being a fighter, I wanted to push through it without having the operation. I wanted to get in there and start collecting my straps. Um, but you know what? I went the other way and I fucking ended up for two months, I didn't leave my house. Stayed indoors every day. I was eating a minimum 10 pounds worth of sweets, chocolate crisp a day. And I went up to like 88 kilos. I've never been that heavy in my life. 88 kilos? Massive. That is heavy. And um, like, like literally before that, like in between fights, I go no more than 80, 79, 80 yeah. kilos. Um, and it sort of, it, it disheartened me massively. I lost all my motivation and everything. And um, I remember laying in bed and I thought like, I, I watched Rocky as it goes. I'm laying in bed and it sort of gave me a bit of motivation. I thought, right, I'm going to go out get a run in, like this is still whilst my hand's healing, so I'm not in the gym or anything, but I'm thinking, I gotta get myself into shape, like I'm right letting myself down, letting everybody else down. So I went out for a run, and I swear on my life, I'd done about 0 0.6 of a mile, and I was I was blowing, I couldn't even, couldn't even finish the run. But where I went for a run, 
there's a woods near my house. I didn't want to run in the open because I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to see people, uh, people see me out of shape, sorry. Um, and as I'm walking back through the woods to uh, go home, I see three kids on a push bike and one of them's like, is that James Aldi? Like, didn't stop to talk or nothing, but it made me think like, all these people know who I am and I'm fucking fucking around and getting out of shape. Like, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. Like, I should have took it on the chin, recovered and been back, but... I'm back now, that's all that matters. The weights come off nicely. And um, yeah, fighting on March the 4th and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you fight as well, mate. Um, watching you on your Instagram and your journey and obviously speaking to a few people who know you really well. Obviously, we've got Sam here who works uh, uh, you know, for the Woodbury House brand and he speaks very highly of you and um, you know your mindset, etc. So you're 7-0 at the moment, right? Yeah, that's correct, 7-0. And, and um, what weight do you fight at? Uh, middleweight. Middleweight. So what's that, 74, 75 kilos? So I think championship weight, I think it's, I may be wrong, I think it's 72 and a half kilos, okay. I think. Um, but this fight um, on March the 4th will be about 74 kilos. Obviously, I won't have to make championship weight. Um, it won't be a tile fight. So um, yeah, I won't have to kill myself to make weight. It's a major jump, though, going back to what you were saying, like 88 kilo one stage, and 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 sometimes you're fighting at 72, 73 kilo. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 massive. Yes, it's it's appalling, really. I should never have let myself get that big. Obviously, I know fighters do it all the time, but with me, I like to keep myself in shape. I like to be prepared, and you, you never know what's coming around the corner. Do you know what I mean? The phone can ring. My phone could ring sitting here right now and say, "Listen, you got you got a title fight in eight weeks." Do you know what I mean? Mm. And if I'm that far out of weight, it ain't gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? I think uh, Bernard, Bernard Hopkins obviously was fighting to a ripe old age, world champion, even in his old older years, and he achieved so much at the sport. Fought Joe Kalzaki, fought, fought a load of good people. Really, really good fighter. Very, very tough man. And um, I think he he coined the phrase or coined the, the expression, which is, "I'm always ready, so I don't have to get ready." And it's such an important thing as an athlete or even just as a normal human being because you never know when an emergency happens. You never know when you're called upon or you need to become resourceful. And if you're, let's, let's have it right, fat, out of shape or not, not on point, you know, that could be a downfall. So it's so important to always make sure you maintain a healthy standard of living and keep yourself fit, especially yeah. as a boxer. Yeah, 100%. Um, when I first turned pro, like, so uh, as I first turned pro, I dropped everything. Obviously, I didn't work or anything. And I, I had a couple of sponsors, but there wasn't there wasn't big sponsors or anything. But uh, like my family used to help me train. Like I'd borrow money off like my mum and my dad to get me to training. Like I never ever worked. So I always fully focused on boxing. But coming with that, I never had the money to be able to train properly, train to 100%. Um, eat the right foods and things like that. So for my first six fights, I was literally, I was going boxing and I was messing about. I was like, I was like going out, partying and just messing around. I'm trying to fight, trying to earn a pound note outside and it was hard work. Like I never really took it too seriously. I always relied on my natural ability. Um, but I was so lucky. Um, so my sixth fight, I had a 50-50 fight against Josh Edwell, another unbeaten fighter. Um, that come about because what happened was, um, during this, um, I had a very, very bad gambling problem. I lost 50 grand in one night, um, online roulette, landing in my bed, like, 
I felt like killing myself. I didn't want to be around. I was in a bad place. And about four days after, I got a call from my promoter. Oh, you got to fight this Saturday. Um, Lewis Van Pooch. Um, and I'm like, mate, like, I can't fight. Like, I'm not in a good place to fight at the minute. Like, obviously, I hadn't been training for ages. Um, Lewis Van Pooch, he's a tough journeyman, but like, I want to beat him, but it was, I didn't want to look bad. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, I had a lot going on. I didn't want to take no risks. Um, and he turned around and he said to me, um, if you can't beat a journeyman off a week's notice, you might as well get a job in McDonald's. So anyway, so I'm like, all right, sweet. So I've turned around and I've gone gone in on him, called him the fat, you know, C-U-N-T. Um, anyway, I said, get me any one of your boys, give me eight weeks and I'll beat any one of them. So um, next day the phone rang, you got Josh Edwell, eight weeks. So I'm like, all right, sweet, I'll fight him. So bear in mind, I hadn't been in the gym for ages, hadn't done nothing, I was out of shape, I was in a bad place. Um, went into the gym the next day, my trainer, he was like, you're not fighting, like, a stupid fight. I was 20 at the time, I think he was about 28, 29, so he had manpower over me, experience over me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he refused to train me, and he'd done it for, for the, my own good, because he didn't want me fighting. He said, if you want to do this, you're going to have to find a new trainer, like, so um, we split ways. Um, this is me and Billy Rumble, who I'm with now. Um, for the first six weeks of my camp, I lived with Dennis McCann. And um, I was doing my runs with Dennis. Um, I was doing strength and conditioning. Um, Dennis called, cornered me in a few spas I had, but I think I had in that six weeks, I think I had maybe two spas. I was doing like two strength conditioning sessions a week and a couple of runs. So it wasn't, there was no bag work. There was no pad work. There was not a proper trainer there to advise me what to do. Um, obviously, I learned a lot from Dennis. Dennis is a very experienced fighter. Um, so Dennis helped me massively um, in that fight. And then two weeks before the fight, I joined Mark Tibbs. Um, obviously, got sparring, good training in, pad work. Um, and then everything was going really well. Um, I knew I wasn't fit. I wasn't fit. I said to myself before I went in, I've got to stop him within two rounds, otherwise it's game over. Um, come to a fight week, uh, Mark couldn't be in my corner because another one of his fighters was boxing a journeyman. Um, should have been in my corner really um, because the other fighter didn't really train in the gym. Um, but anyway, he went off. I had Steve Andrews in my corner who was a, a good trainer um, alongside his dad Ian and I got the job done. Um, but where I changed is the first round I nearly stopped him. And I gassed, I blew my load. And uh, end of the second, first two rounds, didn't lag love on me. End of the second, I went back to my corner and I thought, this ain't going to go six rounds. And I ended up getting involved in a tear up. Just my heart got me through the fight. And um, I won the fight. I got back to my boxing, box clever, won the fight. And after that, I thought, I've got to sort this out. Like, I never run. I, I never done strength conditioning because obviously I couldn't afford it. Uh, I never ate the right foods. So I was always eating rubbish. And... Um, yeah, like, after the fight happened, something stupid on TikTok happened and I, I got banned from boxing for six months. So that put me out for ages. Um, everything was sort of like looking downhill. Um, and I had a bit of luck come on my side. Um, I met a man called Oliver Harris. Um, honestly, I can't thank him enough what he's done for me. Uh, he come on board, he started sponsoring me. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Ollie's a sponsor. It's more 
of one of my one of my closest friends. Um, he um, got my career back on track. Um, thankfully to him, I paid off my fines with a boxing board. I got back uh, training, and uh, the good thing was all my nutritionist, all my nutrition was bang on. I could start my strength and conditioning. Everything was perfect. Um, obviously, I'd done my hand in camp um, for my last fight. I got through the, uh, the camp with no sparring, no bags, no pads. I was just doing paddles. And um, I got a comfortable 40-36 win, had the operation. And um, yeah, now I'm back. Can I ask you a question? How old are you? 22. I've got to be honest, we're, we're, what, 10 minutes into this podcast. Me and you have only been really speaking over uh, Instagram yeah. and a couple of voice notes here and there. May God be my witness. I think you're such a, you've got like a really wise head on you for a 22-year-old. Cheers. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. I, I honestly genuinely believe that. And you're you're authentic and you're very, very honest. Yeah. I've got... I've got to be honest, when I was 22, 23, 24, I probably would have been trying to be an alpha male type person, covered up some of my flaws, yeah. um, which in some senses is okay, like when you're trying to pursue a better version of yourself. But actually, if you don't recognize your kind of weaknesses or your problems at that point, whether it's mindset or whatever else, you can never kind of fix the problem. And, and, and I sense from you, like you, you're kind of, you're very, very honest about your journey so far and where you've gone right and where you've gone wrong. Um, look, part of me being a podcaster, you know, and doing this, it's, it's I've got to ask the questions which are, you know, going to give value to the audience, things which are going to be interesting, but also the hard ones, all right? Yeah. I weren't going to say it, but you obviously touched on it. Yeah. There's a point that I've seen online where I think MTK dropped you because yeah. of some, a moment of madness yeah, or a yeah. moment of weakness, which was on TikTok. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Um, so what happened was, um, this was after my, after my fight, not long after my fight. Um, and you know what? I was laying in bed. It was stupid. And um, leading up into that, I get so many messages on Instagram, like from like, I don't know how to say it, LGBT. Um, and it was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to put it out there. I put it out there in the wrong way. Obviously, I went in. I shouldn't have said what I said. Um, but obviously, I got in trouble for it and things like that. But um, in a way, it was a blessing in disguise. I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, like you said, MTK dropped me. And that was the best thing that ever happened. Because I never got looked after. I, straight after that fight I had with uh, Josh Edwell, they tried to, so bear in mind, you could see in the fight, I was gassed after two rounds. They tried to put me in a 10 rounder for a title six weeks after that date. It was like, they just wanted to get me beat. Um, obviously, in their eyes, I had a bad attitude, but it wasn't like I had a bad attitude. I'm, I'm polite. I'm, I speak to people with respect. They speak to me with respect. You know what I mean? Um, but I felt that he spoke, took me for a prick, so I'm not going to respect somebody who talks to me like that. So... I was just um, sticking up for myself and if, if he didn't like it, do you know what I mean? He should have uh, done something about it instead of um, trying to get me beat. He should have stood up and said something. Yeah. I wanted, so uh, two, two points here. I wanted, so like, it's great what you just said there. Everything happens for a reason. And even in your darkest moments, not just saying you, I'm saying generally speaking with any human being, you know, there's always a silver lining. I mean, it's like with me, I've gone through 
some stuff over the last few years, which you can easily find probably on the internet if yeah. you research me, um, which I went into something which I believe was the best thing for me and building a company yeah. and it totally collapsed. The whole, yeah. whole, whole market totally collapsed. And I found myself in a lot of shit at that point. And I'm like, oh my God, I honestly went into something Didn't believing expect it. it to go so far. And it went sideways. Yeah. And it totally went sideways. And I went from believing that I was okay business person, yeah. really good salesperson, thinking I was doing really well. You know, I like when I was at 24, 25 years of age, I had a Ferrari, yeah. you know, I bought my home, um, you know, I had a few properties, had nice watches, et cetera. And then suddenly my whole fucking life span yeah. upside down financially. And I found myself, you know, years later, going into a courtroom. I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is crazy. But I think true you know, go-getters and people that want better in their life, they will find the hidden lessons in that. And like you just said, you know, MTK, which is a massive brand, everyone knows who who they are. I mean, they obviously have people like Tyson Fury who are signed up to them. When, so just take me back, like when they, when they sort of let you go, what was that feeling like that MTK said to you, right, you can't be a part of us. So let me go back on what I said a little bit. Um, So it wasn't so much MTK, who who I wanted to get away from. MTK, they do great for their fighters. Um, it was just the promoter who I had. Um, I ain't going to mention no names, but obviously everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, he's just, do you know what he is? Is if you sell loads of tickets and you're earning money and then <coughs> he'll lick your ass as much as you want him to. But, I'm not a massive ticket seller. Do you know what I mean? I can fight, I can box. That's the main thing. I don't care about selling tickets and things like that. I just want to get in there and fight. And um, he obviously didn't treat me with the same respect as he treated everybody else with. Um, so I was like, when they called, he called me, in fact, um, to say that they'd release me because obviously he probably wanted to get him and himself. Um, and when he said that, I was sort of relieved because I thought, I haven't got to deal with this prick no more. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, MTK, if it, if I had somebody else promoting me or something like that, then all right, it would have been a massive loss. And obviously it was a big loss. Um, like you said, MTK is one of the biggest out there. But for myself in the position I was with, with the promoter, I just wanted to get out of there. I wanted to start fresh. So yeah. like I said, in a way, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, oh, so, um, and, like, and like you said, like with yourself and obviously you have dark places and things like that, like, after that happened with um, all of the uh, TikTok stuff, like, I don't care. Like, I'm a man. Like, you can say anything you want to me. Like, it doesn't bother me. Um, but like, I'm not, I'm not trying to and make anybody feel sorry for me or anything like that because, like I said, I don't care about any of that. But what done me was, um, like, I've, I'll even show you on my phone. I've got, like, I mean, minimum 5,000 messages from, like, the LGBT, like, uh, the, the the gay community yeah yeah, yeah. So, funny enough you say this yeah because um i i used to sponsor a fighter called bradley skeet yeah he's yeah. been on my podcast bradley, yeah lovely fella yeah. and um i know al smith I've, yeah. I've done a bit of training down i used there. to train with al did you yeah, yeah. okay so i know al smith really yeah. well um jordan reynolds been on my podcast yeah, down yeah. there uh who else um oh, who's their other fighter who's really really good archie Archie, Archie yeah. Sharp has yeah, yeah. also been on there. And I was speaking to a few others, actually. But there was a guy I used to fight down there, called, a guy called Ricky Boylan. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember going to a few of his fights. And he and this is when, like, Instagram was being heavily more used than ever before to promote fights, yeah. etc. 
And he was he. I think he showed me once. He said like him getting messages from yeah. like fucking fellas, like yeah. saying, "Can can you do another photo uh, with with your top off in your yeah. boxing boots?" Yeah. And he was laughing about it. Yeah. But I said like, "Fucking disrespectful, yeah, though, exactly. isn't it? You know, because if I if you if you start doing that to a bird, right? Yeah, you'd be you'd be sexual you? harassment. Yeah, so why is it all right for a fella to say it to another fella? Exactly. And bearing in mind, you're trying to get ready for the thing that pays you, which is your profession, your your work. So they got to realize that it's you know they're going to try to, it's almost like they're trying to distract you which yeah. which is in 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 theory could start taking money off um, the table for yeah. you. So so no no wonder why you anyone would react the way you did because yeah. you start becoming infuriated and I was I was going to ask you because yeah. I've not I've not seen it for myself because I've only seen one thing but what what was the comment what did you say? Um I basically, along the lines, I won't say too much into it. I basically said I didn't agree with it. Um, and I just, I sort of, um, yeah, I just said I didn't agree with it. I don't really want to go into what I said just in case. Obviously, yeah, I can't sure. I can't get into trouble again because obviously I've already paid my prices for it and that. But I'm glad what you said about that. Like, if that was the other way around and we said that to a woman, mate, there'd yeah, be murders about that. Do you know what I mean? Of course it would be. Um, but it's like I get people like message me like before I was getting people message me like can I buy your boxers can I buy your socks like can you send me feet pics and things like that and I'm like what mate like it's crazy like madness but, but and as you set up an OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> you could be making hundred grand a month for sale of that I might have to in a minute <laughs> um, no but like, like I was saying yeah um, I had like, thousands of messages thousands and. Um, like other people, people not mentally strong, mate, I'm telling you, they'd have gone the other way and fucking probably gonna kill themselves or something. Like I was getting people message my mum, my sister. There was like men sending videos to my little sister who was 16 at the time of like like men shitting on each other and things like that, like getting fucked in the ass, like. But so they they sent that after the comments you made. After the comments, so, obviously so, I understand. Obviously so, they're so going to be. They were trying to reta retaliate yeah. and 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 give you hate basically. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I lost all my sponsors and everything. They jumped on ev everything I was ever tagged in or anything. They jumped on board like just trying to just trying to mess everything up. Um, but it was like, all right, fair enough. I've said something really bad. What's offended you? I'm sorry. I hold my hands up. Um, but like, come to me. I said this. Do you know what I mean? Don't go to my family, my mum, my sister. Do you know what I mean? Like, those those texts my mum saying, "Oh, you're a shit mum. Um, uh, he should have died at birth." Blah blah blah. Like, my mum and my sister was in bits. Like, they was crying their eyes out. Like, but is what is in it. It's, it's over now. So, do you ever still get people sending you hate mail? Or I get it all the time. Do you? All the time. Still to this day. I, I'll I'll like um I'll post a uh, a video on TikTok. Or something and half the comments will be hate 100 well look listen uh in in this age love someone or hate someone especially if you're a sports star like yourself yeah. i mean i think mayweather said this best he said love me or hate or hate me you, you you're gonna pay to watch me exactly that. and um i don't think it's a bad thing whatsoever i interviewed this week anthony agogo yeah, yeah olympian yeah. um got a bronze medal was in 2012 olympic games Sadly's career come to a halt after six years and he only boxed at like three three of the years out of six because of like 
menacing injuries, eye socket, shoulder, etc. Yeah. He's converted over to a pro wrestler now over oh, really? in America. Yeah. And he's the baddie in it. Yeah. You know, he's called the governor, the British guy. Yeah. And he said, it's great because even though I'm the baddie, I actually get more attention yeah. than the good guys. Yeah, so, exactly. So in, in some ways, Everyone again... Everyone wants to pay to see you get beat, don't they? It's a blessing in disguise. They're, yeah. they're, they're going to pay. Hope, in their mind, they're, they're hoping that you're going to get hurt. Yeah. But really and truly, you're not. You're exactly. going to push on. Um, I'm going to also touch on the thing that you said earlier, because when you... So, £50,000, right? I'm 36 years yeah. of age, yeah? And I've done all right for myself. Yeah. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah. And I've got... I've, I'm on this mission to become the best version of myself and a part of the best version of myself is yeah being fitter being stronger yeah. being more intelligent becoming richer that's yeah. definitely part of it building up my assets experiencing the world being becoming a better father best, best, better husband etc I want to be the full package yeah. but I'm telling you right now if I lost £50,000 in a sitting I'll be absolutely gutted so the question to you is when you lost £50,000 through gambling how did that make you feel? Uh, honestly uh, I was ready to go then. Uh, I was in my bed. I was crying my eyes out. I felt like a crackhead. I um, like I, d I didn't know what to do. Like I'd lost everything. So leading up into that, it wasn't it wasn't just that. It was like I had a good little business at the time, and uh, I was earning good money. I was earning like three four grand a week, and ev and I mean every single penny of it, I was going to do on the roulette. Every weekend, boom, 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 I'd lose it. Oh, I'd have little wins here and there. Um, and it was like, I'm working hard, I'm earning this money and I'm just chucking it away. And do you know what the, the main thing it was for? Is where I've learned a lot of lessons. It was, I was greedy and I always wanted more. Like I had, enough, I was earning enough money, but it was like, I, like you, I want the nice Ferraris, I want this, I want that. And for me, in my head, it was, the only way you can earn this, these lumps is, it's gambling. Like, in my head, this is what I thought. Um, and you know what it was? When I was young, I always wanted everyone to be like... So, So like, me and my friends, like, we was the people, like, ev like on the weekend, girls would be like, oh, have you got a motive? Have you got a motive? Like, we'd be in hotels every weekend. We'd be doing everything what people our age couldn't do. At, like, 17, 18, like, like we live like kings. Um, but it was like, where it comes to a point is... I had so much money, I didn't know what to spend it on, but I wanted more money. I was gambling, I was gambling. And um, the 50 grand I lost, um, I actually come across it through gambling. Um, so I was losing money every week, losing money every week. And then I was having, for about a week, I was, I was having six grand touch, 10 grand touch. I was going up, down, up, down. Um, anyway, um, so the money I was, um, the money I was winning I was having it put into my bank. So it was like, um, so it was like legitimate money going into my bank. Um, hopefully I could spend that money properly. Um, anyway, I'm laying in bed and I'm slowly depositing away, depositing away. And um, in the end, I lost like eight grand. So I was like, all right, sweet. So I've deposited everything in my account. It's all in. And um, I've done like mad spins. I think I've got up to like 60, 70 grand. Went down to 40, ended up doing a 40 grand spin to try and just win big dough. And um, yeah, it lost. And I, just, I didn't know what to do. Like, even now, like, it makes me feel sick. Like, I mean, if you fit, fit, uh, um, did you say you're from Sittingbourne? No, no, I train in Sittingbourne. Okay. Um, I'm from like Bromley. Okay, yeah. cool. So, like, in and around 
So there's a there's an area called Medway. Yeah, yeah, I know which Medway. Which is which is near yeah. Sittingbourne, I think. And there's uh Gindham, Rochester, Strood, Chatham, there's a few of those areas. And yeah. I've got a few HMOs down there yeah. with my wife. And um part of the reason why we went down there is because of the transport links to London, etc. Yeah. But also the property price is a lot cheaper than they yeah. are in Bromley yeah, or Alkington. And when you say 50 grand, straight away, for some reason, that number, I don't, I don't think of about a watch or a car. Deposit. I think that is a deposit yeah. and actually a little bit of a refer cost yeah. to a buy to let or even a HMO down there. And yeah. to, to for a property just to disappear in, in yeah. a spin or two is, is a mad, Crazy. mad, mad concept. On that note, do you think there should be a bit more regulation around things like uh, gambling? Yeah, 100%. Um... I heard something they're doing is you've got to approve your income or something. Um, apparently, it's coming in. Um, you can only bet a certain percentage of what you're worth. or I don't know how it works, but there should definitely be more. Um, I know so many people that are addicted to gambling and have massive problems. Like, Don't get me wrong. I still gamble now, um, but I know when to stop, um, whereas before I would just keep going. Um, but and then I'm not going to lie about about a week ago, I had a little a little blip. Um, I've I've won a few, uh, quite a few bets, big bets um, uh, on horse racing. Uh, I go horse racing with my sponsors, with my sponsor a lot. Um, anyway, I was laying in bed again, and when I'm in camp, it's weird. Like I have time to think about things, and um, when I finish training, I lay in bed, um, and I was scrolling through TikTok. And I see this geezer on there win like half a million pound on like a spin. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Like, so I only put like a couple of hundred quid into my account. I end up losing like seven grand. And um, I fucking, you know what? It didn't, it didn't hit me as much because I, I earned my one money the week before. So it was like, oh, I lost what I won. But like, I could have so closely lost everything. But and then I was like, no, I've got to stop now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was annoying, but. I learned my lesson, so I wouldn't ever. I, I, you know, it's, it's really. I've got an addictive personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, me too, massively. My my my, my missus says it all the time, and she says my my oldest, who's three, is called Mason. Yeah. She says, "I think he's picking up your addictive personality." I yeah. said, "Why is that?" And it, he's been jumping from like different like he used to love cashew nuts, yeah, and then he would love uh, like peanut almond almond butter, yeah. Like mad things he would jump onto, and now he's on oranges, yeah. Yeah. And he's been nicking the oranges <laughs> and going into the office, shutting the door, and sitting there secretly, like peeling them and eating them, <laughs> but eating about five in a in, in a go. Yeah. And she said that he's got that from you, your your addictive personality. Because when I do something, like if I'm eating, I eat a lot or yeah. eat really fast. When I go for a a drink, yeah. uh, I can go for, like a bit mad sometimes. Yeah. Or if I'm on my boxing training. Yeah. My whole life is about boxing. Yeah. If I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing like smashing out like 10 yeah. in a week. It, for some reason, I don't do things in halves. I have to do it all or all, not at all. All or nothing, yeah. It, it, it's like similar to that. It's like, you know, when I was saying I was in, in bed feeling sorry for myself after my operation, you know, like the big 24 bags of crisp. I'd sit there all day until they're all gone. And I'd yeah. just keep eating them. It's like a it's challenge. Like, you yeah. have to get through it. It's like, I can't, I can't leave them now. Like, or if I have a drink, like I'll have to drink it all in one go because I can't just save it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. On that note, I mean, have you ever sort of gone down paths of other slight addictions or anything um, like that? No, I've, n- I've never gone down addictions with anything. Um, gambling's the only thing that's ever um, been a problem. 
Um, I, I don't drink. I don't take drugs. I don't do any of that. Um, you know what? I, I'd be scared to. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but I like see all these mad stories. People like taking mad things and like dying and that. Like, it's like, you know what? The way I look at it, yeah, is I, I believe I don't go out. I don't go out clubbing and things like that. Like, I go to a couple of my mates' house parties and things, but that's about it. Um, but I find it as a way people will go to these raves and get out of their nuts and things like that. I find it's an escape, like a way to get out um, and forget about all your problems. Um, and with me, I like I like dealing with my problems head on. If you go out and want to try and forget about your problems and take it whatever you want to take, the problem's still going to be there in the morning, do you know what I mean? And you're going to feel like shit and it's going to depress you even more. So instead of going out, partying and thinking, you just got to deal with a problem face on. Do you know what I mean? It, you're, you're exactly right. The, the problem ain't going to go away. Even in that moment, hour, two hours or even a day, 24 hours, yeah. if you're drunk or off your head or whatever, you might forget about it or park it yeah. for a little bit, but it's going to come back and actually it's going to be heightened. Yeah. Um, but look, I've sat with people that have got mad... Uh, gambling addictions yeah. also drug addictions yeah. alcohol addictions and look i mean any addiction especially in those areas can can become ca catastrophic yeah. i think the benefit that you've got is you've got a great career ahead of you you're obviously unbeaten fighter you know what you want you know what you want to achieve you've obviously got natural ability as well as a you know, honed in ability, which you've yeah. worked on and your drug, your escape is, is when you're under them it's lights, boxing, yeah. you know, once you're fighting, I mean, taking a dig, which you don't want to take yeah. too many of them, but you, 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 you're coming back and you're, 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 you're beating your opponent, you're flooring your opponent and then you start moving up the ranks. That in itself is the, the most natural endorphin drug rush you're ever going to yeah. get, which trumps everything. A hundred percent. It's like when you win a fight, it's the best feeling in the world. Like, I can't explain anything that comes close to it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's why now I'm back. I want to get out as regular as I can and I want to just keep feeling that feeling. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is the best feeling in the world by far. Definitely. I mean, I sparred this morning and I've got to say, it's my second spa since November. So weird. On Sunday, I sparred. felt actually all right. I was quite surprised. Yeah. Today I felt pretty shit. Like really? I just I think it's because I'm I'm trying to lose weight quite quickly, etc. And I was a bit flat, flat and a bit tired. Um, but there was a couple of moments that I had clean flushes yeah. on the other person, and that moment you hit them, and even if you're actually being beat by the person, but you clean hit good. them, it's like oh, like that's yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. It's just such a weird thing, and only people that have been in the ring or, or fight we actually resonate yeah. with what I'm saying or what we're yeah. saying. I, I know what you're saying as well. Like like you said, you felt good on Sunday. You didn't feel as great today. It's like, I'm going through a similar thing now in my camp. Um, like I said, I never pushed myself before. Um, and now obviously I've got the right back in. Um, I've been training hard. I've been training harder than ever. Um, and it's it's mad. Like my body ain't used to it. Um, like I was saying to my strength conditioner, Ben, the other day, I was saying like, I feel like shit, like, and he was like, you're going to have these days, like, you're losing weight, you're training hard, and I was like, nice, but it's not these days, like, I feel like there's four or five days a week, like, and he was like, I, it's because your body's not used to it, like, but it's it's horrible feeling because you think, oh, I felt so good the other day, and now I feel bad, like, and it sort of, like, takes a bit of your, not motivation away, but it, it feels like, ah, oh, I'm not improving here because 
like self-doubt yeah so it's like and then as soon as you have a good session again boom you're back up do you know what i mean it's like definitely it, boxing's the hardest sport in the world 100 percent. it's like I, I can't even explain it it's just like box uh football and things like that you've got 10 other people to help you and boxing is just you on your own and the pain and the hard work you put in behind closed doors no one realizes it's so hard it is i sat with my trainer after the the rounds and uh he could tell i was disappointed and yeah. there's so many things that he's been teaching me uh more about foot f- footwork and um you know at different moments in in in, in the spa fight what to do and he knew that i knew it but the the rhythm i wasn't it was i wasn't catching i wasn't finding my groove and he sat there he said look you've got to remember that you know you're 36 years of age now you're not 26 yeah and also uh you're sparring against people that are active fighters i haven't yeah. fought in a couple of yeah. years i mean one of the guys has literally had a fight in november december now he's on the same card as me so i'm sparring yeah. him he's a lot younger than me and and he's like and also you're in business you've got two young kids i mean my my youngest was born in september so i'm obviously dealing with that and it's almost like you want it all but sometimes you can't and like you just said the self-doubt it was like last sunday i was like yeah i can't wait for this fight yeah today i'm like fucking hell like march ain't a long way away and if i'm like this on that night i'm in i'm banging trouble and i'm thinking have I, have I could even do this yeah. anymore you know and but I think it's healthy to do that because I, at the end of when he was telling me all this stuff and it was a little bit I felt a little bit negged out because yeah. of it at the end of it I said I'm telling you this not to put you off and make yeah. you negative to make you realize what you now need to do in yeah. order to be absolutely prepared for that fight and I've got to be honest getting a fucking rocket on my yeah. backside 100 percent. like I, I get what you're saying it's like I've had times before leading up to fights in camp um like when I spar or when I fight, I don't get hit, uh, and that's my main thing. As I've got good movement, my my thing is to hit and not get hit. And uh, I love spars, and I'll absolutely dominate the spar for the whole spar. But I'll get caught more than I wanted to get caught, and I'm so critical of myself. Like I'll I'll go home and I'll cry my eyes out the whole way home, not because I'm hurt or anything like that, because feel disappointed in myself frustration and i feel like i feel like it's in a way it's a good thing um some people would say ah oh, mentally that's not good blah 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 but it's because i love what i do and yeah out of frustration i know i can do better it's like i'll ring my dad and it was like so he'll but the days i got sparring he'll ring me how did you get on and if i spar bad he can tell because i get a lump in my throat straight away and i'm like I try and tell him how I sparred and then all of a sudden I'll just I'll just burst out crying and I'll think like, and he'll know if I've sparred good or bad by that. Um but yeah, it's like it's just the love of the sport, isn't it? It is, it is. So um all right, so let's talk about let's talk about, you know let's talk about the reason why you got into boxing, because um Boxing is such a lonely sport. I mean, the euphoria of winning, and I, who kn- I don't know what it's like to win a British title. Yeah. I mean, I've held Bradley Skeets before, yeah. um, you know, which was I thought was amazing just to hold hold yeah. one. Obviously, I've you know been around world champions, been in the gym with these people, yeah. and look, look and just the caliber of these people. I, I've said this story a few times. I went down to the old Haymaker gym. And I watched um, George Groves spar Sam Webb at the time, who used to be down the yeah, R-Box. Yeah. I used to sponsor him, Bradley Skeet, this cruiserweight and some, someone else. 
And the way he dominated all of them back to back, yeah. it was incredible. I was like, oh my God, this guy is a yeah. machine. And I, I look at him and think, that's amazing. But then there's the other side of the sport, which is like really, really hard stuff. I mean, look, Floyd Mayweather, flying around in a private jet, gross over a billion dollars in revenue. Obviously, any young athlete or young boxer is going to look at that and go, I want that. And it's yeah. really good to look at that because that is that is kind of not an end result, but you, you can achieve that. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but it's possible. Yeah. And he's paved the way for people to do that. Canelo's doing really well. I mean, there's so many great yeah. fighters out there. But let's be honest, where they all started is in, you know, a backstreet gym usually, which isn't fancy. You know, it stinks of leather and sweaty old gloves. You've got very tough fellas down there and now females coming into the sport. Yeah. And people don't really give you time of day at the start. I remember when I first started at Bromley and Downham, that's where I, that's how I got to know yeah. Sam Webb. I was there at 14 years of age. Reg Foster, Richard Foster was running the club, which they still do today. And I remember, I think it was my first ever session down there. And straight away, I never sparred in my life. And they threw me and said, right, you're sparring. And they put me in a guy a guy called Jimmy Simpson, I remember, right? Yeah. He was older than me. And he was like a little bulldog. And he'd just, just come forward. And he bashed me up. Yeah. And, I, and I thought, what have I done wrong here? Like, why have he just thrown me in? And he said, look, I want to know if you're really going to take this seriously. And the way yeah. I know you're going to take it seriously is that if you go in there and you try and, try and hold your hands up, even if you can't box, yeah. and you... You might get beaten up. I want to know if you're going to come back because I will truly know if you're a fighter or not. It's not about your capability. It's about if you really want it. So my question to you is, we know it's a very, very tough tough sport and only a few people make it. Why did you choose boxing as a profession? Um, so I actually started off playing football. I was uh, playing for Fulham, Crystal Palace. I was a good footballer. My dad moved to Turkey and I got a bit embarrassed to play football in front of my dad, uh, in front of my mum, sorry. Like, <laughs> Everybody else's dads was on the sideline. I didn't want my mum on the sideline. I thought it was a bit um, embarrassing. Um, but what got me into boxing was I used to hang around um, in in Alpenton and um, people I hang around with, they, they were wrongs. Um, and I didn't want to go down the same path as them. But at the same time, we used to play penny up the wall down the green. And um, I was pretty good. Um, and... But I could never win because whenever I won, the boys was older than me. They'd beat me up. They'd take their money back. So it was like, I can't win it. Um, then they started trying to like, so for example, they'd go around and they'll like put shop windows through or they'll um, go and kick wind mirrors off cars and things like that. And like, they'd like push me into doing it and like, oh, don't do it. If, if you don't do it, you're a pussy, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like going through the stage like, and I, I thought I was one of these, like going around kicking wind mirrors off, thinking I was like a gangster. But it was like I can't defend myself against these kids. Like they're all older than me. Like I've got to do what they say, sort of thing. Um, and my mum uh, seen me crying one day, and um, she's like, "What's the matter?" I was like, "No, no, nothing, nothing." But one of the boys down the green, like they beat me up, and um, there was nothing I could do about. It. I tried to fight back, and it was no good. Um, and I started boxing with my uncle. Um, my uncle used to box at Kettles. Um, I used to fight for Kettles. Did you? I yeah. had free fight for him. Yeah. That's where I first started. Um, um, yeah, my uncle got me into boxing. Um, and when I first went down, like you said, I got beat the shit out of every time. And I remember um, my first sparring session to another gym I went to. I went down to the Lynn and I sparred a kid called Smiler, they called him. Like, that was his name. 
And um, my dad come down the first time he watched me spar, he come back from Turkey to watch me. Um, and I mean, I got smashed. Like his hands felt like bricks. Like, and um, I got out, got in the car, and uh, I was crying my eyes out the whole time. My dad was like, "Like this is stopping. Like I'm not letting you box no more. You're going back to football. Like this isn't for you." And I was like, "No, I'm not stopping. Like this is what I want to do." Like, and um, I stuck out. I kept taking beatings, and I improved, and I improved, and I improved, and. Um, I would never, ever, ever in a million years have turned pro if I didn't believe I'd be a world champion. Um, 110%. If I didn't believe I'd be a world champion, there's plenty of other things I could have done, do you know what I mean? Um, listen, I want to have the fancy cars and the nice houses and I want to give my family a good life. And to do so, you've got to have money, do you know what I mean? Um, but like I said, if I didn't believe I'd be a world champion, I wouldn't do it. Um it's like sometimes people say to me, like, what would you do if you got knocked down? Um, what would you do if you got beat? Like, how would you react? And and I have full-blown arguments with people about it. Like, me and my dad have had massive arguments. We don't talk to each other for like three months because he'll be like, like, we'll be watching a fight and he'll, he'll be like, what would you do if that was you? I'd be like, I'd never get knocked down. And he'll be like, yeah, but it can happen. It only takes one punch. I say, you know, it won't happen to me. Like, I'm the best. Like, no one can knock me down. He was like, but what about if you was to get a bad decision or something like that? I was like, it won't happen. Like, I'm too good. Like, I'll beat anybody that's put in front of me. And like, and he thinks I'm being stubborn, but I'm just telling the truth. Like, I genuinely believe there's not a man on the planet who will beat me. Don't get me wrong, it's a business. If I got in there with Canelo right now, all right, sweet. Canelo's going to beat me. But I'm saying, if I've got the right fights at the right time, and obviously... I'm training hard, I'm doing my strength, I'm doing my boxing, my nutrition's on point. I can't be beat, honestly. Um, my head movement is impeccable and my speed, no one can deal with it. And now obviously I'm doing strength, the power's going to come and people are going to start getting put to sleep. Can't wait to see it, mate. Where did your like self-belief and where did your confidence come from? You know what? I never, ever used to be confident. Um, I always put on a front. Um uh, but it was like when I found boxing, maybe not at the start, I was never confident at the start. I found my belief because I remember boxing a kid called Mark Dickinson and um, he's like, he was the best. He was the best in the weight. Um, he's coming through now. Like He spars with world champions. He gets better than world champions. Like He's going to be a superstar. And um, I boxed him in the Haringey Cup final um, no, not one person gave me a chance. Not one person. Night before, I was in a hotel with birds, messing about till about three o'clock in the morning with my mates. I turn up to the venue. Um, <laughs> nobody it gave me a chance. And I'm telling you, we had the closest fight. It could have gone either way. He got the decision. He was with uh, England. Um, but I'm not saying I was robbed or anything like that. But it could have gone either way. It was a close fight. Um, so that gave me massive confidence because I thought I hadn't even trained. As an amateur, I didn't train. I only turned up when it was sparring days. And I thought, I've just nigh on beat the best kid. And not just in England, like he was Commonwealth champion in everything. And and I don't even train. Like, um, And then like I've sparred top fighters. Um, and it's like, I've sparred these top fighters, not even being fit. And it's like, Oh my God, like, so when I first turned pro, I looked up at the 
the world champions and thought, wow, they're a long way away. But I've been in there, I've been sparring the likes of Billy Joe Saunders. I was Billy Joe's main sparring partner for Martin Murray. I've sparred loads of top fighters and sparring them give me the confidence because I think, hold up a minute, world level ain't so far away. And um, obviously, I believe I'm the worst critic of myself. If I spar bad, I'll say I spar bad. Um, when I first started sparring Billy Joe to start the camp, he used to beat the shit out of me. By the end of the camp, I was well holding my own with him. Um, and there's other fighters who who um, who have been coming through, big fighters, who I've absolutely dominated in sparring. Um, so I, I get my confidence from that because I see where these fighters are and I know I can go above and beyond. So that's where my confidence comes from. Like I said, I've never been confident with anything else, but when it's around boxing, I'm 100% confident. On that note of uh, sparring, fighting, amateur, pro, even 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 maybe in the street. Yeah. Who who would you say has been your toughest person that you've shared a battle with or or yeah, or been in the presence of? Um the toughest person that I've sparred or fought. Um I sparred down Ibox before. Um I sparred a kid called um I can't pronounce his name. His name's CJ. Um Ajarko. Uh just signed with uh is he the Irish fella? Yeah, yeah, that's Mixed him. Race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good fighter. Um, he yeah, very good fighter. Um, I sparred him and that kick and punch, I'm telling you. And um, I actually felt like I was in the Rocky film. He hit me with a right hand. I thought, fucking hell. Like, and like he must have caught me with about four or five shots flush. And um, I was still up, still fighting back. And um, I took a lot. I took a lot from that spar because in times... In uh, phases, I was boxing really well, making him miss. Um, but then when he did catch me with his flurry of shots, um, for for myself mentally, it was, I can take these shots, you know what I mean? Like, And that's another thing when I, when I go back on to saying that I'll never get stopped, I'll never get knocked down, is because I know that I can take these shots. Um, obviously, sparring with CJ, he's a huge puncher. He's like, He's like the um, the British Canelo. I'm telling you, he's he's a very, very good fighter. I watched his um, last fight and I was watching him and he's so compact, doesn't really do much yeah. wrong. Strong, very strong, yeah. quick. No, yeah. I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, but I do see myself in the next two or three years. Obviously, I haven't got my manpower yet. But as soon as the, uh, the manpower comes, I will be beating all of these fighters, 100%. And um, who, who do you like? So I... I Two of my favourite fighters, obviously, I've got to meet George Groves and watch him yeah. spar. I still think, look, sometimes I look at his record and it doesn't really actually reflect, you know, he was world title. Yeah. He, like, he's better than his, his actual record actually shows. I believe he actually really beat Badu Jack. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, you know, obviously got knocked down in the first, first round, so it doesn't look good. And he was obviously in his home territory, but I think he won that. The Frotch first fight yeah. totally stopped at the wrong thing. Got knocked out in their second fight, but he was winning that fight. Yeah. It's just, you know, and he was actually beating Callan Smith, I believe. Yeah. And then he got obviously caught, it, you know. But when I look at him and when, when I watch his fights and when I've seen him spar, I think he was at an incredible style. Carl Frampton said it had his, one of his best, it had the best yeah. jab ever. And then someone completely different style in a completely different corner of the world was Floyd Mayweather. What I love about him was just his defence. 
no matter who you were, he, he just didn't allow you through. Really got got hit. And I think those two, when I look at them, they really inspire me. When I when I watch them, obviously you've got the Canelos and people like that now, which are great. When you look at fighters like uh, previous or today, who do you like put on TV? Who do you watch to learn so, from? Uh, previous um, would be Joe Calzaghe. Joe Calzaghe is my favourite fighter by miles. Um, I don't think he got enough credit. Where he's been Welsh, um, he didn't get the um, the recognition. I think that's the right word to say that that he should have got. Because if he was English, he would have been the superstar. Like he was a superstar, but he would have been best of the best, no doubts about it. Um, I believe he's the best fighter to ever come out of Britain. Um, and just imagine how good he'd be if he didn't have such bad hands. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, so he's my um, favourite previous. And um, obviously, like you said, Mayweather, his defence is impeccable. He's unbelievable. Obviously, nobody beat him. And um, Billy Joe. Um, so when I got to be a part of Billy Joe's camp, it was like a massive, whoa, I'm with Billy Joe. Like, um, But yeah, I like Billy Joe. Um, very good fighter. Um, and not just that as well, I like him outside the ring. Um, he has a laugh. Um, all right, some things he says ain't right and things like that, but I like it like that because too many athletes these days they'll tell everybody what they want to hear, they'll they'll just get spoon fed what to say and things like that. And I've always said it, even when I'm world champion, if there's something that I want to say, I'll say it. I don't care what people think, I couldn't care about anybody in the whole world. If I want to say it and I feel strongly about something, I'll say it. No, like my observation being a bit older, right? And I obviously watch athletes and I think as a footballer, soccer star, yeah. um, and in lots of other professions, probably golf and all of these other things, you, everyone kind of has to be a certain way because you've always got team members, etc. And if they say something out of line, yeah. it's not just them, it's like the whole entire yeah. club gets slammed. With boxers... You can be a lot more authentic, but I think you need to tread that line immediately. Because, for example, Anthony Joshua, you know, he's like textbook kind of, you know, almost like the role model from Olympic Games, gold medalist. Obviously, massive guy, very muscular, Under Armour, obviously sponsor him. You know, he's just like almost like the perfect human being and he says the right things. Yeah. But if he suddenly turned yeah. and started actually speaking his mind a lot more, because there's probably yeah. a lot of things he wants yeah, to say, yeah. but he's not allowed to say it, he would be absolutely fucked by yeah. the media. Yeah. Now, someone like a Tyson Fury can say what he wants yeah. because he's always been that guy. Yeah, of course. And I think I think you need to stay true to your roots. Yeah. I'm not saying be an arsehole just for yeah, the sake yeah, of, of it, but you know, obviously you need to be respectful. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think in in some ways how you how you've been and how you are is actually the right way because you can carry on doing it. how you know how you, how you want to be because that's who you are rather than being put into a into a bracket and saying right you have to be this persona yeah. on TV because if you don't you're going to lose your backing from your sponsors yeah. etc. 100% it's like look I speak I speak how I feel I say what I want to say and I don't let anybody change that and it's like the main reason as well I do that and the main reason I will carry on doing that even when I'm world champion, is because I don't like... It's like people shouldn't grow up and have to worry about what they say and, like, they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, if you want to say something, say it. Like, 
you're your own person, do you know what I mean? Man, woman, whatever you are, you're your own person. If you feel about something, speak up, say it. It's like, whatever happened to the, like free speech, you know what I mean? Like, like as far as I'm concerned, like free speech is a thing, right? Like you can say what you want to say, mm. but and then all of a sudden you get in, you get in trouble for saying things. That's like you're getting censored. I mean, uh, even though I wasn't going to go into this conversation, it's this whole like coronavirus yeah. thing. If you have a different outlook on it, yeah. suddenly it's not free speech. You're actually going against the the narrative, and you're being censored or or blocked on social yeah. media accounts. It, it's like I'm a. a strongly disagree with all this coronavirus stuff and I post things on my Instagram all the time and I get these warnings come up and I think, yeah. mate, like, it's, but it's crazy. Like, from the start, so I look into all of the conspiracy or whatever you want to call it, I look into all of that and um, from the start, I said, look, these vaccines are going to come in, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to be able to do this, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden, like, everyone's, do you know what right gets to me? You know, when they, they've had their double vax and they post it, double vax, like, mate, do you know what I mean? Like, all right, fair enough. You've done what you got to do to get your job on that. But it's like now they've just come out and said that you don't need to be double vaxxed. Like, so all of these people have gone and got double vaxxed. Like, I, I went to school with some girl and uh, she posted it on her social media. She got so much abuse for people calling her attention seeker, going in on her. She had the vaccine and I swear on my life, she come up with like all bruises and lumps over her body and the lumps was like opening up into cuts. So it was like the lump was oh opening and like cuts was like appearing. And it was like... Like, ses- uh, like uh, yeah, like boils. Yeah, it was like, it was mad. And, um, but yes, yeah, no, I don't agree with all that. Well, yeah, neither do I. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the whole uh, the whole thing's been overplayed yeah. and I think it's all about money and control. Um, obviously, this could be a completely new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I could talk about it to yeah. a blue in the face. But going back to the yeah. point, I think staying authentic and, 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 and having free speech, because yeah. if you, look, I, I get... Not not bullying people. I don't yeah. I don't believe in bullying people, but I think if you want to say your point yeah. and, 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 and and come with like an authentic good reason, not just calling yeah. someone a wanker or yeah, something just for the sake sake of it. But if we don't stand strong on these points, then free speech will go. Yeah. 100%. And then the moment it goes, what else goes? Yeah. You know, that's the start of it. So I think I think what you've done is is right. On the note of fighters, you're Stage name, your boxer name, your persona is the Hitman. Now, when I think about Hitman, I think about Ricky Atten. So, yeah. was that a bit of a nod to him, or was it just um, something you took as as a young man? So, you know what? I was in box fit getting my like pair of shorts made um, when, <laughs> when I was an amateur, and uh, I was like, Dad, like I see the shorts, and I was like, I need a nickname quickly. Like, let me put on my shorts. And the first thing that comes to his head was Hitman, Hitman Holy. It sort of rhymed, um, and I've always kept it since. Um, so I've made I've, I've made a um a promise to myself. Obviously, I'm seven and zero in OKOs. Um, so March the fourth is the last chance. If it's not if it's not a devastating KO, the hitman name's getting changed. Um, I've got another name, um, Hurricane Hawley. I might have. Okay. But I'm leaving myself one more chance on March the fourth. If it don't come, we're changing the name. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, uh, when I speak to boxers. Um, I, some are open about this next uh, conversation and some are a bit more um, tactful the yeah. way they answer it but I think I feel I'm on, we're on the same page yeah. and um, so the money um, I, I'll be honest I want out of my life I feel that if life offers something 
I want to have the choice to get it or not. Yeah. So if there's a nice car, I want to have the choice to get it or not. If there's a massive, great big mansion, I want the choice to have yeah. it or not. Private jet, yachts, nice, nice, nice things, travel around the world. Why not? Yeah. I'm not saying money makes you a better person or worse person and it doesn't necessarily make you happier or sadder. It just emphasizes yeah. who you are. But the fact of the matter is it does give you choices. So for you, money, like how important is money to you as an athlete money's massive um people that say money don't make you happy it, personally i don't think it's true because without money you're living a hard life like i grew, I grew up um like my mum lives in a council house like my family had nothing i didn't grow up with anything um i i i earned a bit of money growing up um but when i stopped all of that and i turned pro I, I didn't have nothing. I was borrowing money off my dad, my mum to get to training and things. Now that I've come across money, um, thanks again to my sponsor, um, it makes life so much easier. So much easier. If I wanna, if I wanna go and get a massage, I can go get a massage. If I wanna go and have food with my mates, I can go get food with my mates. If I wanna, I don't know anything I need. If I wanna go get a nutritionist or if I wanna go and see somebody about. I don't know, like body fat or whatever else there is, I can go and do it. Like, for example, today I come up here to a podcast. I can just just come up and leave whatever I'm doing to come. It's like money's so important, and um, I don't think coming through. I don't think um, amateurs realise they see the likes of Mayweather's and things like that. Like, oh, I want to be pro, but you don't get that overnight. You turn pro. So going through my fights, I've my biggest payday is about two thousand eight hundred. That's, that's the biggest I walked away with. Plus, I've got to pay my trainer out of that as well. Um, cuts man, uh, man does my raps, um, and that was when I had the fifty fifty fight, which I got I got bummed for. Um, really, I should have got paid a lot more for that. Um, but where I was, um, I didn't have. <laughs> a team around me to advise me. Um, I didn't know what was the right amount to be paid and things like that. Um, but I just got a, a good deal with um, Dennis Hobson. Um, so I get paid per round now, so I don't have to worry about selling tickets. Um, selling tickets is a bonus. Um, so it's going to be a lot, a lot easier now, 100%. So in, in your ideal, so like let's talk about five years from now, okay? Yeah. Going through the ranks, uh let's say Southern Area Champion British Commonwealth European maybe then going to world level and then trying to get as many belts as you can or be undisputed in your ideal scenario then so you become undisputed world champion in maybe middle or super middle or something like that Um, how would your lifestyle how would you want your lifestyle talk to me about the lifestyle talk to me about where you want to be in the next five six seven years so where I'd like to be in the next six seven years um if I can, my aim is to get out of the sport by 30. Um, I want to be world champion, multiple weights, unified division. And I want to get my money. I want to get out. I don't want to be leaving with um, brain damage or being punchy as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Um, I want to have a family and I want to have a good life, like a life I never got to have. I want to be able to let my kids, it, it may sound wrong, but... I want my kids to be able to enjoy their lives. So I never, I've never got to go out. Like for example, now, like my mates will go to Dubai or go to Marbella and go and have a good time. Like I can't do that because I'm, I'm training. 
Um, I want my kids to be able to go and do what they want when they want. Like, all right, people say it's not right, but if, for example, I had a son and I don't know, he, he left school or whatever he'd done, I'd, I'd give my son whatever he wanted just so he can go out and have, a, have an easy life. I'd set him up with his like businesses, whatever he wanted to do. Um, I'd like to move abroad um, because I feel like being abroad, the people are so much nicer. Everywhere you go, everybody's happy. Everybody's um, happy for each other. I feel like in England, I feel like it's a lot of competition and jealous people. And um, I think social media affects that a lot. It's like um, a lot of people this day and age, I had this conversation, it wasn't a conversation, but a message last night, um, somebody texted me, why did you um, go from having a sick car to a shitty Corsair? I saw that. And um, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that message. And um, you know what? Like when I was young, I still am young, but I mean, when I was like younger, I used to think I've got to have these nice things because like, girls ain't going to want to come out with me if I've not got a nice car and things like that. And like, like I'm a man. Like, everything's about women. Let's be real. If there was no women on the planet and then everyone would just be dossers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, I thought to myself, this is this is what it was. I could have gone and bought myself a brand spanking new car and left myself skint, do you know what I mean? Just for to stunt on Instagram and try and pick some nice birds up. But let's be honest, them, them birds that are going to come out of you and you're, nice cars you've gone and bought to leave yourself skin they're they're slags let's be real they just they see the money they think oh we'll have a bit of fun blah 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 like people this is where a lot of people go wrong these days everyone gets a bit comes into a bit of money and they'll buy things to um look flash for social media like this is funny there's there's two kids from my way yeah and um that for example like uh, this has come to my mind they'd Go to Botherton Market, they'd go and buy all designer stuff, but then like their mum and dads would buy them stuff from like, I don't know, Choice or stuff for Christmas. They put it all in the Choice bag, so it looks like they've been to Choice and they'll be like, yeah, new purchases today, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why do you do all this for social media? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because let's just say, for example, you get a bird or you get a mate. As soon as they come into your life, they're going to realise that you haven't got any of this stuff. So it's like, what's the point in stunting with nice cars and things? Like, go and buy yourself a house first. Go and put deposit on a house or put your money into something worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, like, I could have gone and bought a nice car, but instead I went and bought a watch. The, the watch has gone up already. I've had the watch for three months. Do you know what I mean? It's like, a car, the money is just going to go down straight away. Do you know what I mean? As soon as you walk out of the showroom. So it's like, for me, I think it's all about competition on social media. And like, it's like, like, for example, girls will be like, if you've got a thousand followers and you go and message a girl who's got 30,000 followers, she's going to look at it and see you later. But if you've got a girl and, uh, if you, sorry, if you've got a blue tick and you message a girl, she's going to be like, oh yeah, what's happening? Like, perfect, I'm not going to say who, perfect example is I messaged um, some girl called, uh, what's her name? Leah Fletcher before on uh, Ascot. And, uh, ignored me didn't even didn't even look at my message my mate with a blue tick messaged her um it ain't the best looking of fellas boom straight back yeah yeah when do you want to go out blah, blah blah and i thought oh my god but it's like social media is just so sore like i use it to promote my boxing and that but if it wasn't for that i wouldn't have social media it's like it's just 
it's all just fake bullshit to be honest this is the next part of my conversation because um i i remember so i'm in this age bracket where now i'm obviously in business doing my podcast and i need the social media channels yeah. to promote it and it's really good for business and for example anthony agogo lives in america yeah I, I knew who he was but he had no clue who yeah. i was but yeah. thanks to instagram i messaged yeah. him he replied and we've connected and we've yeah. now, now, you know, you're following me and we're, we're chatting. Um, there's plenty of other examples I can give you. I mean, um, if it's used in the right ways, it's perfect. Yeah. But I mean, for like the competing side of things with other people. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm coming. I think Instagram's great for, for business and yeah. things like that. Well, what I was going to get to is like, you either use the social media channels or the social media channels use you. And I think trying to keep up with the Joneses, yeah. like, trying to you're going broke but trying to act rich yeah you know and there's so many people that do that and i think especially young men there's probably elements that throughout all of our lives yeah. we've probably done something yeah. to make ourselves look better yeah, than what we are because it's ego and it's trying to impress birds yeah. and it's trying to impress people that you actually hate so they yeah. look at you and go yeah fuck you i'm, I'm yeah. doing this i mean when i was young when i started making some money when i was in sales 21 22 years of age First thing I got yellow Lamborghini. Yeah. Then I ended up getting a Ferrari. Had Porsches and stuff. Don't get me wrong, I loved yeah. it, and it was great to have these yeah. cars. But now looking back, I think had I put more money into property, I'd be far wealthier yeah, exactly. than I am today, and then yeah. I could have more stuff. Yeah. But I guess you kind of need to go through those growing pains so, so in order to, to, to realize. But if you can learn now at 22 years of yeah. age, and I, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm envious of of you know your yeah. uh, that age, and you've got such a wise head on you. Um, if you can learn these things now, you could be so much, so quickly successful financially by parking your money in the right areas. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, look, I know you need to get off to training. So a couple more things. Yeah. Where can people follow you, James? Um, so if you want them to. On um, Instagram, it's jameshawley1999. Uh, that's the only platform I use, to be honest. I've got a Twitter. I don't, it, I don't even know how to use Twitter. Um, I've got a Facebook. I don't use Facebook. TikTok. But TikTok, I don't even, it's something like James Hawley 1999 as well. Um, but yeah, listen, like, obviously as well, like, I'd like to touch on this point is um, on TikTok, I get a lot of people come on, obviously, where I'm into boxing and my fitness. A lot of people come on saying, like, I'll, so I do, like, joint lives with people, like, I get them in the live or they'll say it in the comments. I've had a few people, like, say about their weight, um, like, how can I lose weight? I get bullied for my weight and blah, 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 blah. Um, people like mental health and things like that but listen like I've been through all of that like I've been in very very dark places and obviously I always say on TikTok on Instagram if you ever want someone to talk to my DMs are open you can message me talk to me about these things I ain't one of these people that ah uh, I've got 18,000 followers I can't talk to you do you know what I mean like I'm there I can talk to anybody when I finish training all I do is just chill watch films i'm on my phone all the time do you know what i mean so i'm not ignorant if like i said if you've got any problems got any questions you're more than welcome to message me you're a good man mate and uh your, your next fight uh march the 4th um in london tower hotel um tickets are 65 pound for standard seating and 150 pound for vip which includes food and drink um and uh we're gonna try and set up a party after so everyone can get back together and we'll have a good night Good. Um, right. I, I always say this at the end of my podcast. When I started uh, my one of my first businesses, it was uh, solely blood sales. Yeah. 
And uh, at one stage, about 50 salespeople working for me, predominantly yep. men, like young men. There was a few women, but it was mostly men. And in sales and boxing, yeah. but sales is it's all about that mindset about winners, like win the day. Yeah, get up early, retrain, eat well, you know, attack the day, do your sales, you know, and and stay in that rhythm of of life. So I come up with a mantra, which is yeah. be happy, never content. Yeah. If I was to ask you, James Hawley, the hit man, what does be happy, never content mean to you? Well, I don't know what uh, content means. So contentment means almost like you're settled with what you've got. So be happy, never content. Settled with what you've got. I'll give you my interpretation. So happiness for me isn't over there. It isn't over there. It's not in another country. It's not when I've got this amount of money. I think happiness, even in your darkest days, you can find a bit of happiness because you can find lessons. So you can choose to be happy or not. So being happy isn't, you know, keeps me upbeat it keeps me alive you know it keeps me young yeah but never content i'm not content with what i've achieved yeah now it doesn't mean i'm not happy yeah, it just yeah, means that you. you know what i've achieved some good things yeah. but i need to be over here yeah. but i'm going to be happy in the process because there's a misconception i believe where, where people say oh when you want to become very rich i i get it i've had it so many times yeah. through my mother-in-law's mates Oh, what would you rather be, happy or rich? Yeah. That's like saying, what do I rather have, water or food? Yeah. I have both of them. <laughs> you know, that's such yeah. a poxy, stupid question. Yeah, of course. So I want to get to the next level. So that's kind of my bit of breakdown. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, like you said, is um, obviously to be happy, you got to be happy in yourself. Like you said, when those times I had no money and things, sometimes in a way I was happier then. Um, like even like I was more um, careful with my money and things like that. And when I would go out and do little things like um, like going to a cinema or something like that, I'd, I'd be happy, do you know what I mean? I can go out and um, have a good time. But I get what you're saying as well is um, like obviously the content part of things. Um, I'm not happy where I am now. I know I can go above and beyond. Um, so yeah, I know I've got a lot of work to do, um, but I'm happy climbing the ladder until I get there good man I want to shout out to my brand sponsors William Wood Watches got one of their um, newest or one of their iconic um, pieces on my wrist so thank you very much Johnny the CEO I've interviewed him twice so please have a look at that also to London Fire Brigade Boxing Charlie Beat he runs that he's you know my, my boxing trainer and then also last lastly um, is the London Watch Show so we are the brand partners to the London Watch Show, Woodbury House. We're doing an event over the 18th, 19th and 20th of March. It's at the Grosvenor House Hotel. James, if you're into your watches, which you clearly yep. are, love you to come along. Yep. Um, it's going to be a great event to get in, in touch. And if you're enjoying these conversations, please follow James and all my guests. Follow me, subscribe and be happy, never content. Thanks for your yep. time, mate. Cheers. Thank you. I'd, I'd just like to uh, say thanks as well to uh, my sponsors for this fight, if that's okay with you. No problem. Um, uh, Versa Former, um, Mother, um, TSC and Diced Mills. Thanks to those four for getting me um, through the camps easier. Um, yeah, that's it. Wicked, mate. Thank you very much and a uh, nice one, yeah? Cheers, thank you. Cool.